Have you ever wondered what it takes to launch a blue chip NFT project? And once you launch it, how do you get Gary V's attention to ape into your project so that it goes mainstream? Well, you're about to find out. All right, everybody, I'd like to welcome you to The New Normal, a podcast where every Tuesday we break down complex crypto topics so that anybody can understand. I am your host, Austin, aka Mac and Cheesy, and alongside me, I am excited for this intro. We have Jesse, the lead and gooneer on the Crypto Goons NFT project. This show is growing, and as we say, let's keep it growing. It would really help us if you smash the like button, you subscribe, you share it to whoever needs to learn about crypto, because frankly, I think everybody needs to learn about crypto these days. So share it with them, enjoy the content, and just spread the word of the new normal. This is a very exciting episode. Why? Because we have the lead engineer, engineer, whatever you want to call it, uh, from the Crypto Goons team, who also happens to be our very own Jesse Friedland. Um, we're going to get a behind-the-scenes look at the Crypto Goons NFT launch, the team, the experience that go on from creating a blue-chip NFT project, because this is something that everybody's wondering. They're like, how do we even create these NFTs, and how do we help it go viral? How do we get FaZe Banks and Gary V to ape into it? How does all these things happen? Because it doesn't just happen. I know that for certain. I know that Jesse and the whole Crypto Goons team has been working tirelessly night and day on this project. And we're going to just go through everything, nuts to bolts, about what it takes to create a blue chip project. Jesse, you got some bags under the eyes. I know you've been losing sleep of late. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh... Goon evening. Goon uh, evening. <laughs> and yeah, no, I'm super excited to to talk talk all about this. And yeah, it's been a whirlwind two weeks for me and a whirlwind three months for, for the rest of the team. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. And then yeah, I'm just excited to share more details about what's been going on behind the scenes. I, I know from our side, from the incubator side, I, I at least for me, and I, I can speak for the entire community, it's like we're like a proud kid or something like it's like seeing like Jesse just dominating and like the whole goons project like blowing up from like uh, the incubator community standpoint we're just like let's go like you know we're we're watching the floor be in lava and it, it's just been super exciting to kind of see that that entire project kind of come to fruition from from the start i know we were kind of talking you're like yo i just had the craziest day and we're gonna get into all of that so if you're in the chat if you're listening live welcome uh this is the new normal so let's let's dive into really the beginning and how i think of building any type of project building any type of business you need a team without a team it nothing really happens so could you touch on the process of building a team out in the NFT world. You're totally right. Like a team is, is when I go to buy an NFT project, I want to know about the team. That's usually where I start my research. And, and so like what makes a successful team, right? Um, to me, a, a successful team is one that has a diverse set of skills, right? You need people with who can do art, who can do engineering, who can do writing, who can do communication, who can do, um, who are skilled with content creation. Um, you just need lots of different skills, finance, right? Like um, 
you need a good basket of skills so that you will have good coverage over all the areas it takes to run a company effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, next, you got to vibe together. You got to have similar values. Um, and I'll get into that with, with the crypto and goons team. But like, yeah, you, you're going to be spending ungodly amounts of hours together. <laughs> you better be able to joke, have fun and work really hard together. And when shit gets hard and there's tough conversations and disagreements or challenges, you got to be able to work through that together and communicate with each other and and know that you've got each other's back and have that trust. Mm-hmm. And for for just touching on there, right? For the this NFT project, it's it's just sounding like you're building a business, which is what you are. It's like people just think, um, and sure, there probably are NFT projects out there that are literally just they're ship it out, they get it out as quick as possible. But if you want to build a sustainable and a successful blue chip NFT project, it's the same as any business. When when the going gets tough, like you better like the person who's on the other side. Exactly. You got to want to live in the house that you build, right? Like the people that you have in that house with you, like you're going to be living with them for a long time in, in many ways and spending a ton of time with them. And so it's really important that you, you guys all vibe together. Um. Yeah. And then uh, the next is like, you got to be able to, as a team, really self-organize and scale yourselves, right? Like if you're constant, and this goes back to that diverse set of skills, like, right? Like you need to be able to trust that can Sean run with this? Can Joel run with that? Can Ryan run with this? And these are teams, these are my team members, but like, we can't all be working on the same thing at the same time and deciding on every decision together. We need to be able to make autonomous decision or we need to be able to work individually and come together at the key tough decisions. And that doesn't just happen overnight, right? That takes time. Mm-hmm. And, and, but like to, in order to get the most out of your time as a team, you need people who can take ownership of things to make sure no, no details are missed and they're running with it. Empowering, just empowering the team. And you need, it's a team for a reason. Yeah. The, the Lakers, the Celtics, you know, you need a point guard, you need a shooting guard, you need you need people to take the lead. You can't be doing everything, although I'd argue sometimes LeBron does does do a little bit of everything. But OK, so now what else? What other hands are in this? Because it's not just four of you. Yeah, absolutely. So it takes an, a, an army to raise a house like this. Right. Um, and and so it's not just the four of us. It's the community, too. And I think that's what's so cool about NFTs is it's it's no longer just the the team and the users. Right. They're not completely separated in, in Web3 in this new era of the Internet where the users now share ownership of what you're building because they can buy into it, meaning they own the nft they own part of what you're building your company and so it's a shared collective ownership and so the community has just been indispensable uh first big shout out to the mods like the moderators in your discord and stuff like they are they are carrying a lot of weight all right we we ended up um bringing on four mods and it was obvious who to pick in many ways. They were they were so helpful, and I'm going to be telling good stories about them in a bit. But like it, it it really does take the full community helping each other, welcoming new people in, um, spreading education about NFTs, about crypto and goons, and 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 so yeah, I think that's another key key part of your team. 
so there's the moderators and they're they're helping the community run and i i have to wonder right like what came first right so you you have this project you have this shared ownership of the nft um and that drives this interest that drives the the community aspect of it because now instead of the users and the company it's it's kind of muddied that line so what what comes first like how do you how do you is it is the art then the like that initial step to start really building out the community and then like layering up from there yeah i mean i think you need someone who has a vision right and i think um in the cryptoon goons case it was sean sean the art our, our artist our, our fucking shining star he is he is just so talented someone has to have a vision right a, a cool a really Sit, uh, awesome idea that they want to see out in the world and and carry that through and so i think yeah it definitely starts starts in many ways with the art but it kind of depends on what project you're building to like like there are nft projects out there where the art isn't the primary piece of it right it's the the access to the dao that is like that is you know and it's a more um Company, like you're more generating revenue and growth of of the, of the centralized hashtag, hashtag of when, when incubator DAO. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and and not to, and and Cryptoon Goons does have a DAO. Um, and but that's not like the primary reason people come to the Cryptoon Goons. Like it's going to be a reason, but the pre the reason people come is for the art. It's a very mm -hmm. art driven, art centric project. So to, what drives people there? That's kind of project specific. So um, in the Cryptoon Goons, that could be the art and something like the Incubator DAO. It could be the, the community and the business aspect of it that gets people there to start. So in the case for the Cryptoon Goons, it is the art. So could, could you walk us through creating the art? I know... I don't. I don't know if you were you were making the the characters or not. If you have any hidden ar artistic abilities that you want to let me know about, but like <laughs> what what goes what goes behind creating the actual art? Yeah. So first, I'll just kind of talk generically about how does someone start and create an NFT project of six to six thousand to ten thousand type pieces of art. You know, how do you do that? Because like it will take you a lifetime to try and draw them all individually, and so. The way it works is the you create a kind of a core character either by, by hand drawing or using um, digital tools like Photoshop, Illustrator, you know, whatever you use. Uh, I think we all appreciate the hand drawn ones the most because they have truly the most intricate details and model kind of what we're used to in terms of the art space. And then but instead of drawing every character, all 10,000 of them, all one by one by one by one, you kind of make parts of that core character interchangeable. So mm -hmm. the feet, you know, the shoes, sorry, the the body, the hands, the eyes, the the head, the, um, you know, whatever traits you want to incorporate in your in your NFT project. So like, uh, or like the board apes, right? They have fur, you know, sometimes they have different furs, they have earrings. Um, and so you kind of have to just develop what the different traits of your core character is going to have. And then, then it's off to the races of drawing all the different traits that you're going to have. It's like creating a character from, uh, oh, where you're, you're selecting the attributes that they have. So they have this foundation. And then if you wanted a specific, if you wanted an Eagles beanie, 
you just throw the Eagles beanie on it. You want a you want a pink beanie, you throw the pink beanie on it and then it's an it's an entirely new drawing, but it comes from that foundational layer. Exactly. And then once you have all the the pieces, right? You have the 70 different types of shoes, the five different types of bodies, the 70 different heads. However many things you end up drawing and and boy, Sean drew a lot and it and it's that's actually one of the things that makes Cryptune Goon so cool is that he a hand drew everything and it's just so rich in detail. Like if you look at the the Yeezys, which are the shoes or the the Gucci pant uh shorts or the uh, the squirt gun or it just like looking at all of them, they have such rich detail and he's literally sitting there drawing them out with, um, with his iPad. He, he does not draw on paper anymore. He I'm done. Yeah, so that. I was, I was wondering when you say hand drawn, um, because we're going through this process right now in the incubator, right? Um, it's, it's hand drawn, but it's not on a piece of paper. It's on Correct. a, a tablet of of some sorts. Yeah, he's got his iPad. I'm not sure which app he's using. We'll have to we'll have to ask Sean that. Um, but he's got he's drawing it with um, the stencil the uh, the stylus kind of pen. Mm -hmm. And he said it was weird getting used to it at first, right? Like the kind of feedback mechanism, the fact that you can kind of drag, like you can. There are some digital things you can do to help the drawing aspect, but he's st he's still there doing it. And you can actually go over to the Cryptune Goons YouTube and watch him actually do some live drawing if you're curious what that looks like. That is exciting, right? Because like the feedback that you get when you're drawing on a piece of paper, I'm probably the worst drawer who's <laughs> watching this channel, but like when you're getting that, you at least get the friction, right? Um, as I'm drawing on a piece of paper, just as if that could help with the experience. Um, so I'm drawing on the piece of paper and you get that feedback, but when they, when you're drawing on the iPad, it's like, it's an entirely different ball game, but the same way tech has helped certain things, it adds some features and some ways that you can actually play around with the drawing and enhance it, like from a from a drawage perspective. Yeah, like yeah, I, I would I was watching him on live stream and he would just draw like a circle and it wasn't like you know perfect. It was kind of lopsided and he would do something to kind of make it more of a perfect circle. Interesting. Um, Interesting. So it's like. Hand, it's still hand drawn because like it's still penned out by him, but it you can kind of reshape things a little bit, and so it's like assisted drawing in many ways. I feel like okay, so there's been drawing, but this is my, like let, let's just this is my engineering yeah, observation. Yeah, well, so that was what I was, uh, let's let's stop asking. Jesse let's not about drawing. Sean, I'm sure Sean <laughs> has a different perspective on it, but this is my perspective. Yeah, let's stop. Let's stop asking the engineer about drawing things, right? <laughs> so so what? I, okay, drawing has existed since the beginning of time yeah. since the the scriptures where it gets new is the technology non-fungible tokens nfts this is the technology behind all of this exactly. walk me through the tech engunir walk me through it what is it like how do you build it G give us everything from from the behind the scenes yeah so now um after the artist, Sean has all of his traits, right? He's got the shoes, the, the hands, all the different pieces, right? Now you have to actually start stitching them together into characters. And so this is where we can use software to kind of inter like decide what the rarities are going to be. So like mm -hmm. um, the NF um, Doom mask, he's a huge fan uh, of that. And so that was one of the ones he decided is going to be more rare. And so he's kind of picking what is going to be more rare, what's going to be more common. And 
running the computer program that like builds them all out together. And so the output ends up being 6,969 6, images that come out of that. But now you, have to look number. Through, now you have to look through each and every one of them and make sure, do these characters make sense? Like, is this mouth with this body and or this squirt gun with these Yeezys, does, does this character, like, does, is it believable? Um, and the details, right? You don't want like uh, one trait to overlap on another trait, right? Like as if the nose comes out too far and the gun kind of mm -hmm. overlaps on it, that, that looks dumb, right? Like that, that looks poorly handled. And so the amount of detail it takes to then comb through what the computer did for you, you know, it helps you, but it doesn't do everything. <laughs> well, so uh, uh, I'm wondering there, is that now a manual process or do you have some sort of like, if then statement, if long nose, not squirt gun. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You want to do some exclusions and, and, and special, like make sure that certain things only combine in certain ways. Um, uh, yeah. Cause as you go through it, or you maybe just, you just eliminate it because those just won't work together. Right. You'll, you'll have to maybe go back to the drawing board on that trait and make sure it fits with everything. So you don't end up having special rules. Um, and so mm -hmm. you're kind of balancing those, those kind of, those things as you go through that generation process. How, uh, how iterative is that generation process? Like, is that, is that a, a back and forth or is that kind of like a one, one or two time thing and you find the edge scenarios? So I didn't actually personally go through it. Sean did a lot of it himself, but I did run it on my own computer a couple of times. And I, it's, if you really want to perfect your collection, you're going to run through it a lot of times because you're going to have to study what is it output each time. And, and then, you know, you realize, oh, this one trade is only on the, you know, you're just kind of constantly tweaking rarities and trait combinations and just the overall look and feel of it. Right. And that mm -hmm. I think takes a lot of work and a lot of like the drawing actually probably is my guess, not quite as much time as it is to like really get all the characters to make sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and I, you know, that you've seen, or like, in the nft space we've seen projects where we see like an iteration and you're like that is disgusting because like one thing's overlapping the other and yeah, then it just like it looks some, the ears cut off and you're like well, right it looks sense yeah it looks like they didn't do this step they they decided to cut this corner probably because they didn't want to become a blue chip nft project <laughs> <laughs> yeah or it takes a ton of attention to detail and sometimes people just miss that stuff you know and like mm -hmm. It, it, uh, that's where it comes down to like, that's what kind of differentiates is like how much willingness are you to dig through every goddamn little detail? What happens next? So you, you find yeah. this iteration and you, you get your art. We, we got the, yeah, art. we have the art and now we actually need to be able to actually sell that art and, and, and make it truly what an NFT and actually provide ownership rights to that art. And so you need a website a website that describes about the project, what your mission is, who you are, um, kind of, you know, just a general vibe of what you're trying to do. And this website will also be where users will come and mint their NFT, which is aka like buy the NFT. Um, and then behind that website is a smart contract, and in this case, an Ethereum smart contract. And so we talked a lot about smart contracts and, and all the, how all that works way back in episode two. So you can go check that out. But effectively, the smart contract will take the Ethereum in when the, someone wants to go buy the NFT. And then the contract will pick out which 
uh, random, it'll randomly pick out which um, artwork is going to be assigned to that token I, that they just minted. So find the first one to mint. I'll get token ID number one, and it's going to randomly pick which piece of art I'm going to get. So that's kind of the fun of it is you don't know what you're going to get um, until the art gets revealed later on. And is this website... Is this a custom built website? If somebody was wanted to, because I know there's as a web developer, I know there's a lot of ways to skin that cat. Yeah, so there are there are some helpful frameworks out there um, that will help you set up your NFT minting site and contract and things like that. And in this case, I think Sh Sean used what's called Hashlips, um, um, but there are several um, tutorials and things out there. Um, and that's actually what's so impressive is Sean. Sean was the engineer uh, for the first three months of this project, and he actually built this website on his own. I, I I can't even take credit for it. He and it was his first website he had ever created. That is impressive doing doing it all and figuring it out. And I think for everybody listening, it's an indication that um, it, if you're interested and if you have the drive, you can figure this stuff out, and you can get pretty pretty damn far without the help of an engineer. <laughs> exactly um you can get really far and especially if you um yeah it really it just takes a lot of dedication and and, and like willpower to kind of push yourself through it all and now I, I know that um you need to store because you can't a lot of projects they're the artist too in depth to store it on chain or something so where do you store these images once you hit mint the it seems like you're leveraging this framework to do a lot of the NFT stuff, but I think there's there's probably some edge edge scenarios, some things you got to watch out for, which is where you come in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the artwork, yeah, is is usually way too big to store in on the Ethereum blockchain. I mean, you think your gas is expensive minting an NFT or or sending a, some ETH to somebody? You seen you ain't seen nothing until you try to. <laughs> store a 10 megabyte image <laughs> on on chain that would cost you probably a million dollars of gas <laughs> um and so we can't store the art on the ethereum blockchain so what, we're, what we do is we store the um the artwork on what's called what i like to call decentralized google drive uh better known as ipfs and so it's basically just you're uploading the the image files to this decentralized google drive and then also you have to upload what's called the metadata, um, which describes the image. So it describes what are the different traits of this um, NFT? What uh, does it have the um, flame head and the flame fists and the you know um, mm -hmm. Yeezy shoes? So this metadata describes all those things. And then you have to write code to kind of connect it all together, right? The, you have to connect the artwork, the metadata, to the artwork to the metadata, the metadata to the minting contract, and the minting contract to the website. I feel like there's some like kids uh, song here that connects. Yeah, well, that, well that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, your toes to your knees, your knees to your whatever. Yeah, and you're really just connecting all those parts all together by writing code in those different um, aspects. Could, could um we dive just a because my engineer, my engineer mind is now wondering, right? So on the ethereum blockchain you have who owns what id 
that ID is then associated. The metadata isn't stored on chain. That's stored on IPFS. Correct. So the so the smart contract keeps track of what is the ID of the NFT, who owns that ID. So it's Ethereum address B C A W Y Z whatever, and what is the link on decentralized Google Drive that is associated to token ID number one. Okay, and so that link is the metadata. So and then in the metadata, there is another link to the image. Okay. And the but the image is also stored on this decentralized Google Drive. It's like Correct. having two one is an Excel sheet and another is a folder with all the images. Basically, yep. Okay, so IPFS is the metadata. And now is this like a JSON uh, like for any engineers listening, just so they can envision what this actually looks like. Yeah, yeah. So each metadata is a JSON file, which basically is just like a nice computer language for for saying how to like describe something. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so you're what um. So I I think we have an idea, right? We get the art, we build the community, we we now go live with the contracts. And now it's the big day. This is like the first day of school. This is you, you got your you got your your go-to clothes on, you got your lucky shirt on, you got your lucky shorts on, uh dealer's choice there. What's like what's the launch date like and what what goes on there? How do you how do you make sure there's a successful launch? If there isn't a successful launch, what what do you do? How, how is that all play out? Yeah. Um I mean, for one, yeah, you got to make sure that it, it <laughs> the website loads and, and when you click the buttons, it actually works. Um, so ideally, you've you've tested all this on on like some kind of like test net um, or like a um, so that you can ensure that the minting and you have really full confidence that's going to work ahead of time because um, you really don't want there to be any surprises once you go live, right? So after you've done enough testing and you feel confident that it's going to work. Um, then you start finding people who are interested. Um, and so it depends on on the project, right? Like, so some of them uh, have a lot of, build up a lot of hype before the launch even happens, right? And so there's, you've done some marketing. Generally, it's a lot of word of mouth, but maybe paid marketing. You know, there's a lot of ways people market out there. Mm -hmm. um, the Cryptoon Goons did not do any paid marketing. It was all just word of mouth and sharing the art. Um, but really what, like in order to kind of do this, you should do, you gotta do a lot of things that don't scale. Um, there's this kind of this famous essay by Paul Graham. I highly recommend anyone interested in, in building, uh, apps or companies or anything or NFTs or anything. You should read this. And a lot of the recommendations from this article are like, you should be recruiting users manually, right? Like don't, yeah, don't try to pay for ads and, 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 and go, this like more automated scaled up way of finding people. You need to just go talk to people, mm -hmm. find a uh, hundred people who are interested. Just go find those first hundred people. Um, and Twitter is a great way to do this. Uh, the communities that you're already a part of that like you contribute to regularly. So Joel, um, one of the co-founders of the Cryptoon Goons, he was in the sports DFS community a lot. He, he, he liked to interact on Twitter with, um, and, and watch a lot of co content. I'm in the same way. I like that content too. And so he had familiarity with a bunch of people and had been in those communities before. And so he was just kind of reaching out to them, replying on their tweets saying like, Hey, we've got this cool project. Like 
would you be interested or mm -hmm. like check it out like you know we don't care if you're not into it it's fine but just check it out and and so sharing that art out there manually like that uh i think really was a where the first many users came in and then from there it's also like once we have users in the discord ever this is was one of the, one of the coolest things was just like the uh, people who are in the discord early i think one of our our first mod beat has he goes by bk he was literally on voice chats uh, him and other people were literally on voice chats like teaching people how to buy ethereum and mint the nft mm -hmm. like literally just like teaching users how to be <laughs> how to join in and this is actually kind of what fostered the community very early on was just like this like everyone helps each other kind of mentality and it was really cool to see it is beautiful and i think that's the definition for success because it's the organic growth and it's funny you mentioned the uh build things that don't scale and that's something that we were trying we are trying to do in the incubator with like all the degen packages where we hand wrote notes like you can't do that to a hundred thousand users unless you're writing notes all day but building things that don't scale can help drive this true strong community and i think not paying for ads although it might not sell the project out day one it'll help you day a thousand because the people are there aren't just there because they saw some TikTok influencer or twitter crypto person doing a giveaway exactly you want to build relationships early on that's the key to starting any project any company where you want to have users you want to build relationships right like we want to know every single person in here who's using the app and like talk to them get to know them see what drives them see what motivates them mm -hmm. see what excites them about this project you know and then, then i think that's where it all begins so it was like this this guerrilla marketing almost where it's just kind of you're you're trying to get true fans and then from that it'll grow quickly exponentially what problems were associated with with the launch if there were any was it a smooth sailing take us behind the scenes there yeah so this is really where, where i came in um so on november 10th which was the day of the art reveal uh i think everyone everything just kind of went sideways the images weren't showing up on OpenSea, and kind of thank god they didn't because if they did uh more would have been revealed than should have been and so um <laughs> this is uh this is where uh the one thing about launching hbo now in three months uh really prepares you for something like this <laughs> where we were putting out fires every freaking day for three months <laughs> where i had to ingest like thirteen thousand uh movies and and tv show episodes from hbo and deal with like over a hundred thousand images and like you just deal, like when you, once you get through go through that kind of ringer you know how to kind of maneuver through these situations a, a little bit easier mm -hmm. <laughs> and so i get this um this is my favorite story i get a i get a, ma a message in discord just saying at jesse freedom i'm like huh, what and i go in and look and i see ryan hodge who i've heard of I, I've heard, his name sounds familiar i've I, i've watched his content online i think uh, Ryan Hodge, is anyone a, an expert in IPFS? Uh, we we have some problems with the art reveal, blah, blah. I'm like, I have no idea what he's even talking about other than the fact that, yeah, I know what IPFS is. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I've Googled <laughs> it once or twice. <laughs> no, no, more than that. <laughs> and um, I've, I've actually battled with it quite a bit. And um, 
10 hours later of just zooming with Ryan and the team, figuring out every little problem and, and really teasing it apart and coming up with these awesome, like it did, we, we debated back and forth of what to do. And in the end, we actually came up with this awesome idea where we would reveal the new, um, newly purchased, newly minted NFTs every day at 10 a.m. Because of the way the minting and the art reveal was set up, it was going to be kind of challenging to do it in, in real time. Like if you minted it, show the art. It actually was not going to be possible to do that with the way it was set up. Mm. So we said, well, screw that. We got something more fun anyways. And so every morning at 10 a.m. became this like exciting event for everyone to wake up out of bed at least 10 a.m. Eastern for my uh, global friends. But if you were on the East Coast or on the West Coast, it was exciting. You'd wake up every morning kind of like, it's Christmas. Like, like, what did I get? Like, what are the, and not just what did I get? What did the community get? Because you were excited to see what were the new pieces of art coming out every morning at 10 a.m. And, and so we kind of turned this really tough situation into actually something that became a staple of, of the community. That's really interesting. Is there any, because we, we have spoken a touch about the technicals was what are, what were the technical reasons why was the smart contract already deployed you couldn't edit it like wh what were the reasons why it couldn't be the traditional art reveal route versus this new and frankly genius way because i think that's a great way to do it yeah um so often people don't do art reveal until everything's sold out so that's like the easiest way to solve it is you just reveal everything all at once the problem was that we had only sold 1,500 of them so far. And like, you know, you want people to start seeing the art, right? The art is what's going to attract people in. So like, it's going to be really de detrimental to the project if we can't start to show some of the art. So the other solution is, can you, yeah, can you make it reveal immediately, um, but only the ones that have been minted? And to do that, you, you, it's a more complex setup. You need your own server. You, it just takes more work, right? And we were kind of under the crunch of mm -hmm. gotta get it done uh, because people are already expecting art to be revealed any minute now. Mm -hmm. And so the actually the, the solution ended up being not only clever, but it, it was actually very manual. We would um, by hand basically reveal them each day and, and spend a gas fee to do it. <laughs> and, um, but it worked and it worked really damn well. And you build things that don't scale coming back yeah. to that you had to yeah, do it, it doesn't, like you could have a fancy button that says like contact so-and-so and you think it's like some automated thing but really it's just somebody behind the scenes like <laughs> taking the email address and sending an email <laughs> i think going back to our banter days i think we did a couple of things where it was just like we just manually changed things for those of you listening jesse and i we built an app um and our other buddy sam we built a web mobile app that whatever but we did a lot of things manually that you thought were automated <laughs> it was just exactly. behind and the that's, scenes that's how you stay scrappy and lean when you're in your early days of building a company it, it, you don't want to build the rolls royce solution when you only have 100 people there and you're not even sure where it's going to go and so you want to do things as lean and quick as possible so keeping things manual is great when you don't have to do it for all that long and then you know it's a it's a good problem if what you've built won't scale because you suddenly have a lot a lot of new people. Well, now you have a reason to go build something more right, complex. Right. Who cares if you have the the best scalable solution <laughs> if you got four people using it? Like exactly, who, who cares? The if that's a good problem to have, that's a, a great point. And now, 
you figure this out, you find out a solution that's innovative. I wonder, is was there any precedence for that? Like for for this type of no, we might have been one of the first NFTs to do daily morning reveals. Sign it up, clip that. The first NFT <laughs> to ever do daily morning reveals. Fact. Or don't yeah. nobody check it. <laughs> History. <laughs> History. Uh okay. So how did you sell out the men? I know we were talking about it. You were you were telling everybody in the incubator to get in because you know it, it growing the project. Let's let's bet on Jesse. Let's bet on this community. Um and I remember I minted it and I was watching and I was like, okay, like whatever, watch and watch and watch. And then all of a sudden I get a message from you like, we're sold out. Let's go. <laughs> how did that how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, it really was like we said, like continuing to kind of just network and and get the artwork out there. And so we were doing things like warm and cold DMing people in our network that we had com connected with previously or not previously. Um, and so that, that was really testing out some skills I've been personally working on. I, and I think that's what's so cool about a project like this is all the skills it takes, all of us have been working on them for like, whether it's Sean, who's been working on his art since he was like five years old, tracing artwork with his grandma, um, or myself, like I quit my job at Disney um, a few years ago and have like been focusing on becoming more of a, a solo entrepreneur and working on content and working on how do you connect with people on the internet and playing this kind of this online game, if you will, of meeting people and making content. And, um, and so it was, it was so cool to like, I was like, shit, I know how to do this. Like I've been working on this for so long. And so I had these skills that I could just suddenly start using. And, and yeah, so I think we were really just like, Joel was grinding really hard with our Cryptoon Goons Twitter account, replying to tons of different tweets, like just reply, reply, reply. The community was huge. They, we, we would, someone would post a tweet, like someone's asking, oh, what are cool new NFTs out there? And we'd post it and everyone would go rate it <laughs> by posting their artwork on there and, and sharing it. And it just, you just go out there and, and, and make meaningful connections. And actually what really, I think, ultimately tipped it over was, and a huge shout out to DeezFi. Uh, DeezFi is this awesome guy on Twitter, big in the crypto Twitter space. Just a really genuine dude. Had this amazing interview on Lucky Trader last week where he's talking about Neopets and RuneScape. I'm like, oh, motherfucker, I fuck with you. Our favorite. I knew RuneScape needed to be brought up. If, if you've heard any of our episodes, we, RuneScape has like a 50% hit rate to come up on these episodes. And he's just the most honest, genuine, just like, just a good dude. Anyways, um, Hodge tweets at him, is like tweeting at him and, and saying like how awesome the interview was and and I think Hodge was even uh, in a, a couple of Twitter spaces with him and, and just connected. And I think that led DeezFi to kind of notice the art and what Ryan had been putting out on his Twitter account. And he was like, this art is sick. Like, I don't know much about the project. He was kind of like, gamble, gamble, gamble. I don't know, but I, I've kind of fucked with this art. It's cool. It's my vibe. Um, and I minted 10. And that that right there set off kind of, the the final kind of um, run because heading into the morning, then Phase Banks who sees what D's said and is like, "Well, I minted twenty. D's likes these, like sick, like real sees real." And they mm -hmm. both kind of connected on that, and and then 
that just got the word because then phase puts it out on his story and 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 that reaches a bunch of more eyes and so you really you're like it goes back to these building relationships right and connecting with people mm-hmm. and these real connections kind of have this viral network effect over time and yeah enough people basically started to see the art and and it was just obvious i love that you touched on like how these skill sets you didn't know that you were going to need them and the beauty of like trying different things and having all these different small bets and ha- having all these different skills that you're just like trying all these different things. You don't know when they're going to come into play. You don't know when you're going to need them. You don't know when you're going to have to leverage these things. But the more things you have in your arsenal, in your tool bag, the more likely you're going to be able to solve this problem and come up with a viable solution that creates a successful project. So like the more and more you do, the more you're going to have an opportunity to succeed. And so you're, you're selling out this mint and you have, I, I know Gary V aped in, I, you had, you had phase banks, you had all these people and you sell out. And this was, this was awesome, right? The floor was lava. The, we were talking about it in the incubator. We, I'm the, the goons discord was popping off. Everybody's super excited. And this is, we've seen this with other projects, right? We've, we've, cause we're, we're we've been in the NFT streets for a while now. So we've, We've seen other projects, right? So you get this, you sell out. And post-Mint, how do you foster this community so that it turns from an NFT project to a blue chip community like the Bored Apes, the Crypto Punks? Because that's that's what the trajectory for Crypto Goons is. So like, how is that going to come to fruition? What is next? Yeah, honestly, that is one of the biggest challenges is after you get all this new attention, you have a ton of new people coming in, right? And they don't know who you are, right? We've been building this really awesome, wholesome, just good relationship community for for two weeks now, right? And we're helping each other. Someone got scammed. We help that person. We pay for someone else's gas. Like everyone's just helping each other out. And it's just good vibes. The community's like, we're hanging on a voice chat on Saturday nights. Like, just shooting the shit, like getting to know each other. Like it's a really tight knit group, right? There's only like a couple thousand of us. And now all this new attention comes, right? And all these new people come into the project. And so you have this new challenge on your hands of how do we scale up the vibe and like what we had going to this big new audience that is now here, right? Because they don't have the, they didn't get to experience all the good stuff that they, that we had all experienced before that. And so it takes time. Right. And like, that's why sometimes you'll obviously you see the, the FOMO and the, the euphoria really spike on that first day or two. Cause Oh, Gary V's in, I, you know, I'm in. And then people are like, Oh, well, what now? And it's like, well, <laughs> what now? We just had this huge group of new people come in that we need to get to know. We need to start vibing showing them what our community is all about and that takes time and and so yeah uh it's no wonder that these and i i totally get it now i now i like clicks for me why these these things can really spike on that first day and then they do take that dip down um because it's it's just a lot all at once and and yeah, and then beyond that, then obviously we have to execute on the roadmap, right? So we promised a bunch of things. When we sell out at 50%, we'll activate the DAO. When we sell out to 70%, we'll make a charitable donation. And so 
we're working through those things and, mm -hmm. and, and we're doing all those things and, and trying to share and sharing our progress as we do them. Because I think that's also really big is like, we had the trust of the early community. We need to build trust with the newer community. Right. And that, mm -hmm. that's the hard part, right? Gaining that trust that we built with that early community. How do we re, you know, reestablish that trust with the newer community? And that's just through transparency. And I like this phrase called build in public, right? You want to share as you're doing things minute by not minute by minute, but like every few hours or, you know, whatever, just like little tidbits, like, what am I working on? Like, cause there's a lot of rug pulls out there. Right. And a lot of scams and people who are new to the community are like, Oh, phase banks just pumped and dumped it. Right. Like, and like, no, that's not the case. Like there's a lot of people who like this art and we clearly have something good going here and we have that it factor, but building trust is complicated. It is very complicated. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, right? Because the, you have this in, influx of people and they, yeah, they don't get the vibe. They're there for probably the wrong reasons. A lot of the time, maybe not there for the art, Sometimes, yeah. maybe there for, for the price pump. Um, but that's not necessarily what you're like, you're trying to do. Sure. There's, there's a ETH value associated with it. Um, any, so you're building in public, you're building in the community and the more communication, the better, because the, the worst is when a discord community just goes dormant and now you're like a rug pull where's the announcement everyone's thinking this so the more you can communicate any other tips and i know it's funny right you said like we started building this community two weeks ago and i'm like oh that's years ago <laughs> that's just how crypto goes but like any anything else that you're you're trying to do any any new any things that like the incubator community can learn as as we're growing that I mean, the team's just executing, right? That, that's that, that the end that we got to go execute, right? And and so we we have our our now we have our our meetings we do all, all you know every week, right? So we have our long term planning couple meetings a week. We have our daily stand ups where we're giving status on where is everything at. We've making sure each team member knows what er owner ownership area they have. So like I'm in charge of Discord safety, so I'm working day in day out with mods who are really doing the hard work to make sure we secure the discord. And actually that was a big thing was with so much new attention, the discord was completely under siege from like scammers, bots, mm -hmm. like you name it, it was coming after us. We'd get like a hundred new discord users named Cryptoon Goons Minting or uh, Wolf mm -hmm. Game Minting, like literally like hundreds of these entering every like hour or two. and. And the, working with the mods to build to get in some of this automation for banning these things automatically. So there's tools out there that let you say, oh, if your username is this, you're auto banned from the from the Discord. And so we finally have that a lot of that in place as of today. And we actually ended up building out a testnet Discord server so that we could try out things, make sure they all work there, and then promote them to our production one. And so interesting building out these 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 systems and structures so that we can execute um, as a team and build confidence with what we do on a day in, day in and day out basis so that we can continue to build that trust with our community. So you're, you're head of, you're head of discord security. Um, I'm curious just kind of how like the, like the whole, the whole picture, like the whole piece of the pie type things, like what, cause what, what, yeah, what goes it? Like, what are the, what are those other roles like? Like, what are, 
what are those daily stand-up meetings like? What are when you're going down the list of like, hey, you did this, that, and the third? Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm focused on Discord safety, anything engineering, um, and then also like establishing the DAO and and how the DAO is going to work, and then. Sean obviously is the art department, the entire art department, <laughs> um, head of merchandise and stuff like that. And then Joel, he's really focused on our social media because he was he's the one who even got us kind of noticed on Twitter and stuff. And so he's really focused on social media, um, Discord engagement and and the financial side of it too, right? Because we have a an LLC and we have to eventually uh, we have lots of expenses and, and and have to manage a lot of this this stuff behind the scenes. Um, yeah, and then so from a day to day basis, we're we're just kind of burning down. What are the priorities right now? Um, the roadmap kind of guides us a lot in many ways, right? We have to we have a charitable donation. We're excited to give um, about five figure. You know, it's going to be five ETH, which is about five figures, is going to go to an amazing charity, and we're really excited that we can not only change the lives of people within the Cryptoon Goons community, but we're going to be changing lives outside of the community too. Hell and yeah. we're really hoping to give that to something art-based, you know, that really is near and dear to Sean's heart. And so, you know, we're really just executing and you're sort of balancing long-term execution and short-term execution and making sure you're working on both of those things and juggling both of them at the same time, which is obviously challenging, but that's why you just, you just put in the hours and you just grind. It's running a business. It's running a business, and yeah, you have to you have to juggle these things and executing, 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 figuring out roadmaps, deliverables, and how you can actually um, accomplish this thing. For so, for everyone in the the goons community, I'd like to kind of welcome you to the incubator community. Um, and this is this is the new normal where every Tuesday we break down complex crypto topics today we broke down what goes into making an nft project and if you've listened to this whole episode you understand that it is not as easy as creating a piece of art throwing it up on OpenSea, and then selling it if you want to make a viable product and be part of a team that's here for the long term not the short term it is like running a business it's like running anything else on this world like if you want it to be successful you need you need to be working hard and the work works and I'm excited to see where this project goes. I'm excited with how I can learn from Jesse, how I can learn from really the whole goons community and team and like having from the incubator side, having this, this knowledge, this, this way to just sponge it, it couldn't be better. And I'm super excited for all of that. So if you are new here, I ask that you share this content. If you're either listening, you share the podcast episode. If you're watching smash the like button, subscribe to this channel. If you're not in the incubator discord, I suggest you join that, which is linked in the description below. We make this every Tuesday. So if you're not there, we'll see you next Tuesday. Either way, let's make sure to keep it moving. Peace out, everybody. Let's get it. I'm walking around in the circle of life Doing the things 